Death Watch. Welcome back to Cradle of the World, a Pathfinder First Edition campaign by Death Watch Productions. I'm Brandon, the Game Master, and we will return to our heroes now who are in a uh, massive chamber with a statue of Tarcellus and uh, about to be attacked by hordes of uh, zombies. So, last session they made it to this chamber that had the statue and there were some pedestals that uh, uh, when Casimir stepped on it, it lit up the area and then it revealed a door at the base of the statue that only he could see and he went through it pulled there um, by the the soul of Tarcellus. And when he went through that door and disappeared, uh, two massive hordes of zombies came running around the statue to attack the remaining heroes there. And that's where we'll pick back up. But first, we'll introduce our heroes, starting with Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm Clay Casimir, Hero of the Rock, and I'm about ready to resurrect a god, hopefully. <laughs> I'm Travis. I play Graham, Hero of the Sea, and I'm ready to kill some zombie hordes. I'm Justin, playing Rohan, Hero of the Sky, and I am about to teleport home. <laughs> and I'm John, playing Fenris, Hero of the Flame, and I have no memory of this place. <laughs> right, so Fenris was not with us last session, so he's this will all be new to him. But I'll share the map Wait a minute. What is this? Oh, I'll share the map with everybody here. There's Fenrith, Rohan, Graham. So you should all be seeing that map now. And then, um, so Fenrith, um, you should be able to see the map now. And uh, basically, this is the um, the area that you all got to after being um, after finishing up the, at least whatever that that part of the area that you had been sent to by the gnome. Um, Let's call it what it is. We got uh, gnomish abduction. Yeah. And uh, Graham had found a large demonic statue that shrank down and then, you know, uh, merged with him like the gold had been doing. And at that point, the gnome's face had said, all right, that's uh, the time is up now. And then, put you all back where he found you and um you know he had said at the time when he sent when he put you all back where he'd taken you from that um uh well done you've paid enough of your debt to bring the principal down somewhat and you've also done good deeds you wouldn't believe the sorts of evil those people get up to and then he had given you um you know, he had cast some spell or put some effect on you all that made you extremely powerful for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. So you fought through there and ended up in this room here. So now Casimir's gone and, uh, these, uh, massive, uh, crowd horde of zombies have come born around each side of this statue. Now, um, on the map, you just see one large zombie. Um, but that's the space they take up and it's literally dozens and dozens of normal, you know, human or elf sized zombies. And these work the same as a swarm. So basically they'll, you know, if they're in your space, you'll take damage from them. 
until, you know, enough damage has been done to, you know, dis- disperse the horde back into individual zombies. But um, so that's where we are and that's where we'll pick it back up. So that was their movement coming around um, the side of those statues. And then Fenrith, that actually brings us to your turn. And so um, no buffs exist on anybody that don't exist on your characters right now. So that should give you an idea of the state of things. And as far as your spells, um, the ones that you did use, I marked them off, you know, on your character sheet. So what you have in your on your list um, prepared, that's that's what you have. So your move. <clears throat> All right, I will uh, move forward twenty feet. Okay, and I will cast uh, blessing of fervor. So with this blessing, call your allies to move forth and empower them to conquer and become victorious. So each round for the duration of the spell, each of your allies can choose one of the following bonuses for that round at the beginning of its turn. It's their choice. Either increase movement speed by 30 feet, uh, stand up as a swift action without provoking an attack of opportunity, make one extra attack as part of a full attack action using your highest base attack bonus, gain a plus two bonus on attack rolls and a plus two dodge bonus on AC and reflex saves, cast a single spell of second level or lower as if it were an enlarged, extended, silent, or still spell. As the effects are not cumulative with similar effects, such as those provided by haste or speed weapon, nor do they actually grant an extra action. So you can't use it to cast a second spell or otherwise take an action, an extra action, in the round, and Blessing of Fervor does not stack with haste. We'll see about that. All right, so um, so you cast that spell on them, and then for all of you, so that you can remember what your options are, I've created a public uh, note that has that. Um, and if you let me know which one you want, I can add the effect, it looks like, through the spell. As I added the, uh, the spell itself for right now, it will last 14 rounds. Okay. Yeah, so you step forward and cast that spell on your companions. Anything else for you? Nope, that should be it for me. All right, so um, Rohan, that brings us to you now. All right, so I will start my armor flying, and I will move up five feet, and then target, um, let's see, which one is closer to Graham? They, I guess they're about the same. Um I will target zombie horde one. Which effects uh, do you want for I'm your going blessing? To take the extra attack and do a full. I am targeting it, right? Yeah. Uh, full attack action at zombie horde one. So five arrows coming at it with my deadly aim on. I don't know if I. Okay, it looks like hit, hit, automatic miss. Hit and hit, so four hits. Correct. So um, these, uh, let me see, they had something special here. So just visually I'm trying to p- 
pick off individual targets and you know headshot them one at a time. Yeah. So yeah. Ba- yeah, I mean, at this with the way that they're running and moving and milling about, it's like you know fish in a barrel basically. But um, yeah. Um, so one. They do. Two, they do three, take less damage from piercing four. weapons. But. Okay. Thank you for the fire arrows. Hmm. You're welcome, Casimir. They will come in handy here. And so, yeah, that's going to be my turn. Okay. Yeah, so you just send a stream of arrows into that horde there, and, you know, zombies start falling and getting trampled by by the others. And then let me see what happens. Grammy, go all flurry of stabby stabby. That staff of power. I was thinking about, yeah, because I, I know i got to pick up that staff. I'll probably just start launching Fire. oh, I see. fireballs. I have my necklace as well, but I think my first round will just be getting into a better position all right graham your turn yeah so casimir had dropped that staff of power so i'll spend a move action to pick that up i'll take the extra 30 feet to my speed blessing okay and let's uh move to there these things are probably gonna daisy zombie me and Mm. climb on each other to get to me no matter how high i fly okay and that should be it for me. All right. So, yeah, you move over to there, and then um, let me check something real quick. What level of fireball are those, Chris? Uh, I believe they're heightened to fifth. Uh, there should be a note. Uh... Now, Rohan, as far as you're flying, for whatever reason, I still haven't figured out why the elevation doesn't work on you guys, but it works on the enemy, so you'll just have to, you know, remember. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. Okay. All right, so Graham, you pick up the staff of power and you dart over here. Yeah. Okay, and then um, Casimir, when you um, step through that door, everything goes white, and then uh, you sort of lose track of, you know, your existence, and uh, you get that same vague sense of movement and uh then suddenly the world comes back into focus and you find yourself in a um dark tunnel all right and um so whatever you know you don't know which direction it is but it only goes in one direction and you can see that it uh you know it stretches on for you know as far as your your vision can see okay yeah i'll um man i think i'll oh man one of those like do you trap the tomb of a god i think you do but (laughs) uh i'll say that i'm in a bit of a hurry so i won't worry about it and i'll just start double moving down this hallway okay uh maybe i'll keep a passive eye open hopefully if there is a trap i might be able to catch it but i'm more worried about getting to the end of the this hallway where the hopefully the tomb is yeah okay this is everything that the staff power can do Okay. And it uh, should give bonuses too. I think it gives plus two uh, <coughs> luck bonus or dodge bonus to okay. AC while wielding it. It's, best on my knowledge, a standard staff of power if you go looking for it. Okay. And I believe it's missing one charge. Okay. So let me get this set up real quick. All right. Yeah, so you begin moving down uh, down that tunnel. And the whole way it's like... It does have a rounded ceiling to it, but basically it's like 10 feet wide and 10 feet tall. 
All right. Uh, but yeah, you you can uh, hustle on down that direction. The only sounds you're hearing are, you know, the the sounds of your own movement at this point. Um, but yeah, so you move off that direction. And then um, zombie horde. Yeah, so this horde comes tearing towards you guys. Yeah, so then at this point, um, you know, they sweep over you. Uh, both both Casimir and Fenrith, or I mean Rohan and Fenrith here. So let me get this set up here. All right. So basically, um, this is uh, like I said, this works just like a swarm. So basically, anytime it's it's um, in an opponent's square, then um, the that opponent will take damage. So this is just the the press of dozens of, you know, scratching, clawing, biting, flailing bodies. So, um, so are they pulling me down into the horde? They're basically just like sweeping over you. They're not doing like a grapple thing right now. Okay. So, I mean, you still have your move. You can still move. I think he was um, flying. You're what? Five feet up. Yeah. I was, yeah, I flew five feet up. So. Yeah. I mean, so at this point they'd still be able to okay. on, on legs reach you. Um, let's see. So what do they have? Any creature whose space they occupy at the end of their turn. Okay. All right. So let me do their damage to you both. The Rohan, Fenrith. And then, so let's see. These guys do. All right. So we'll do the, I don't know why it's rolling an attack. That's weird. That's not how that works. Oh. All right, and so the way these guys work is if they do more than 25 points of damage, then we add 3d6 of slashing damage as a rend attack from additional pulling and tearing. Get out of there, Fenrith. And so they did that to Fenrith. So we'll do some rend damage here yeah so this whole horde sweeps over you and they're just biting and clawing and scratching and tearing um they're, they're all doing this moan and shriek so it's extremely loud it's hard to hear anything else and then the second horde will come running around this way as well and they don't quite they don't quite reach you this time and then fenrith that'll bring us to your turn so what does it take to actually move out of it? Uh, you can just move out of it. They're not. They're not trying to grapple you or anything right now. Like technically, well, just, like, I mean, how, how far do I actually go? Because it, from the way it looks right now, they're like to the front and the left of me. They're not actually on. The me. little dot to your bottom right is where their their space ends. You see the yellow dot. Okay, I'll move back to here. Okay, and I will cast uh, Holy Word. So it's any uh, non-good creature within the area, which is a forty-foot uh, radius spread on centered on me. Uh, so any non-good creature within the area of a Holy Word spell suffers the following ill effects: as uh, either deafened. Uh, blinded, deafened, paralyzed, blinded, deafened, killed, paralyzed, blinded, and deafened. As uh, the effects are cumulative and concurrent, uh, successful will save reduces or eliminates the effects. Creatures affected by multiple effects make only one will save and apply the result to all effects. Um, 
And it's just uh, hit die uh, equivalent to my caster level. So if it's equal to caster level, then it's deafened uh, up to caster level negative or minus one blinded deafened up to caster level minus five uh, paralyzed blinded deafened up to caster level minus ten is uh, killed paralyzed blinded deafened. Um, okay, so if you're going to... If you're going to cast that, you would need to target Rohan because he's not good. And, you know, I mean, how would you know that, right? Have you ever done a... I don't. A detect alignment on him? <laughs> nah, I just trust him to be good. But but you know what What I can do, though, is is tell you that you get like a... Um, almost like a... Uh, something like a, a premonition or a sixth sense whatever you want to call it, perhaps a, a nudge from Coralon that, um, that the, that these enemies as they are now are beyond this spell. Okay. So in that case, um, I will, I mean, not only would you damage your, your companion, but, um, you know, with them all wrapped up in a horde like this, um, they've gone beyond the, the, the power and strength of a, of just a normal zombie. And so the spell would be wasted on them. It's basically me being nice and telling you that their hit die is way higher than yours. All right. So I will, uh, flame strike then on no. number one. Okay. Why doesn't it, it won't let me target it. Mm. Let me target them, but it was kind of weird when I did it. It brought like, a little option menu up where I could either target it or Rohan. Is that no. new? Yeah. Oh, that's what is. was happened to me oh, last okay. week. Uh, so that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. But it did let me target it. I just had to click on. Yeah. Confirm the zombie horde. Oh. What it is is because there's an extension. Because if if tokens are in the same space, then even I can't target the one I want to. Right. So this is one that'll bring up the options to yeah. allow me. So. So yeah, you've got them targeted, and you're going to do flame strike. Yeah. Okay. I don't suppose that would actually hit both, would it? Because it barely overlaps them, but uh, I think I'd have to favor one or the other. It's ten foot radius. Uh, let me check. Yeah, that. Uh, I guess it depends on how that would. far out it actually extends. Cause I'm no, it would hit them both. Yellow dot. Okay. Yeah, it would hit them both. Okay. So this pillar of holy, f holy energy and fire comes down from the ceiling and slams into, um, you know, large sections of both of these hordes. And uh, thank you for not burning me alive. Yeah. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah, and does uh, some. You know, you can see some of those bodies turn to crisps and you know drop under the mass of the rest of them. Yeah. I was counting on you having fire resistance, Rohan. <laughs> we have something yeah, better than fire resistance. Fire resistance like I do. Yeah. Anything else for you, Fenrith? Uh, no, raise. that should be it. I can okay. have fire resistance. I just need a, a round to, to be readied. All right, uh, Rohan, that'll bring us to you. All right. Now's your round. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I'll move kind of up and back. So flying five feet higher to try and get out of their range as I continue to uh, pump arrow after arrow at this zombie horde one. 
So which okay. uh, blessing do you want? Same as before. We're we're going for as much damage as I can pump out. All right. Double check. Yep. Still track them. Still got deadly aim on. And the bonus attack. All right. So hit, 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 and hit. All right. So you're moving here. And then how high up are you? I'm now uh, 10 feet up. Okay. Yeah. So you sent some more arrows streaming in there. And uh, so roll your damage. Okay. Yeah, so a lot of those arrows end up, you know, punching right through multiple zombies and dropping them at the same time. And so this uh, group is get smaller now as these ghoul or these zombies trample the fallen ones as they rush forward. I think and, we're almost ready for Raccoon City. Mm. Yeah. A- anything mm-hmm. else for you? Nope, that'll be it. Okay. So, yeah. Jump on to Graham, your move. Okay, I'm going to cast Airwalk on myself from my Ring of Spell storing, and uh, I can climb the air at a 45-degree angle, so at half speed. So I'll take that speed boost again from that Blessing, and I'll move back 20 feet, but I will also be uh, 10 feet up in the air. Okay. And that ought to do it. Okay. Okay, last chance, Rohan. One more round and the fireballs are coming. Yeah, I was looking at it. I'm not sure if I'm reading it right, but it should be 10d6. From that one? Yeah, because it's caster level 15. You're going to be using its caster level. And then um, it's heightened to 5th, which is the saves, I believe. So I do want to put it in the level 5 slot, but just change the damage? Um, No, that should change the saves, I believe, and some other stuff. But... um, you're going to want to fake your intelligence, though, because it's going to use that. So you're going to need From to... From the saves. Yeah, so if you're if you're not meeting the third, at least a 13 intelligence, you're going to need to fake that because you need to be able to cast the spell, I believe. Uh, you might know better on your use magic no, device you're right. than me. The, the staves, I think I do have to pick. I have a 14 intelligence. Okay, so, so you should be good then. And then it <clears throat> uses your intelligence for the save. And how high up in the air were you, Travis? Ten? I'm 10 feet high. So I can do it for you. So why does Rohan have to be special? Because I'm the one that can fly. Okay. All right. So and then what were, What else were you doing, Graham? Just flying up there? Yeah. Well, standard action for casting from my ring of spell storing and then the move action. That's it. Okay. All right. Um, then Casimir. Done. So it's still more tunnel for you. All right, uh, yeah, I'll keep double moving. Uh, okay. No reason to rush. Well, there might be a reason to rush. I did hear Horde coming. Uh, am I feeling desperate, or is it all's good now type of thing? Yeah, I mean, you 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 feel good, like you're on the right path, you know? Okay, yeah, I'll just keep double moving then. I call that a jog in my head. Yeah, okay. I guess I shouldn't say I call it that. That's what I picture a double move to be. Right? Yeah. Because you figure you wouldn't stop and then like start your second move. You just kind of keep going. Figure that'd be a jog. Yeah. Thank you, Justin, for agreeing with me. I'm going to make sure I have another flame arrow ready for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll continue to agree with you. And haste. <laughs> okay. So, Rohan, you're flying through the use of your armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has one minute, so I should have uh, six more rounds left because uh, I flew... Uh, to get over the wall earlier, too. Okay. 
All right, so that's Casimir, and then it'll get to the zombies. Give me one second here. That's at level three. So, um, Justin, you know how if you look in your actions list under Armor of the Sky, you've got fly set up there? Mm-hmm. Put that effect on you, the fly effect there. All right. Let's untarget the zombie. Target me. Just me. And fly. that work? Yeah. And... Okay. Is that why it won't let me go up in elevation, you think? Yeah, it might be. No, there's just something special and wrong about you. <laughs> Not sure what it is. <laughs> Been that way since I was born. Came out, and the doctor is just like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Jesse's going to be okay. It's a <laughs> baby? Do you want me to just set it over there? <laughs> Oh, man. That dang Seinfeld episode with the ugly baby. <laughs> Not saying that you're an ugly baby, Justin. You were just... Oh, uh, I probably was. Nah, you just caused, like, massive indifference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably... Yeah, I was an average baby. Nobody yeah. said, oh, he's so adorable. He just, yeah, that's oh, a baby. It's a baby. That said, though, seeing, uh, seeing the old grandkid, I don't believe that for a second. Okay, Fenrith, so that's that horde sweeps completely over around and on you. And uh so we'll do their damage here. Easy it's easy to forget like how cute Satara was when she was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but now you get to see it with uh with her kid. No, like, oh. Some of the stuff I did as a kid, I, if I hadn't been cute, I probably would have been oh, yeah. an orphan. Yeah, that's well, not an orphan. But... Or uh, <laughs> a ward of the state. Yeah. <laughs> No, I see where you're going with it. I was figuring that they would have just killed you if you weren't cute. <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility. Get this baby out of here. <laughs> My dad always threatened to just drop me off in the woods. How far that, out the back does that uh, does its range extend? Like if I made mean? it to Rohan, would I still be in the horde? Um, no, I'm no, just not uh, very fast, you, unfortunately. If you made it to the square that he's in, you'd be just outside of that. Okay, is it like? Is it unstable ground when moving through the horde, or is it just normal? Yeah, that's actually a good point. It'd be like half movement to get out of there. But the second horde comes up here and um, rushes over as well. So now you've got two hordes on top of you. How's he doing? Just the way I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Two hordes at one time. So both of them have done 21 damage to you. And then... um, Yeah, he's not doing good. Mm-mm. Fenrith, that'll bring us to you. All right, so I'll click the haste boots. Okay. I'm trying to, because I know the staff power has levitate. I'm just wondering if Graham knows that. Oh, man, I don't. So getting to there isn't going to be enough. Because I can cast it at close range. Wouldn't you do like you're feeling out what's in it with your uh, <sighs> use magic device? Well, I'm going to say. Uh, no. If you got to there, you'd still be within both of them i'm gonna try to activate so it, it blindly is haste giving me double speed or no, is it plus 30 30 feet okay plus 30 to your normal speed so then i should be able to go to there so your normal speed's 20 and then you get haste which is 30 so you'd have 50 but you're at half movement through here so you get 25 so i, I can make 50. it 
with yeah, one movement still. Yeah, right there next to Yep. Okay. So I'll do that, and then I will cast uh, Blade Barrier right around myself. Okay. Right around yourself? <laughs> I think it has a direction, like a facing, so... Well, if he does it just around himself, then I would be in the blade bear. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. No, it doesn't go up that high. Ten feet? Well, how how high are you? Ten feet. <laughs> you have one turn. <laughs> well, it's 20 well, feet it, high, so I guess you're, yeah. you're screwed, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah, either form is 20 feet high. So, as uh, I'll, I'll do it like this. Um, thank you for not slaughtering me again. Would it kill you, Justin? It wouldn't kill me, but that thing would significantly chunk my life down. Oh, you're fine. I think you got more hit points than I do. Yeah. I think we could yeah, do it not... like that, right? The yep. idea is uh, I'm going to just stand in the middle of this thing if they keep coming back and let the blade barrier do the job. Okay. All right. So I think that it is within them. So there's some at the back, and I'm not sure how you want to how you want to do that. There's some at the back that would be they would get the the save to see which side they ended up on. Well, no, I mean it, it. It's it's just one creature, so it's not separated. So yeah. So in this case, because of you know it says they can avoid it ending up on the side of their choice by making a successful reflex, then that's exactly what what they'll try to do. So so the horde two is successful, but the horde one is not. And so Horde 2 will basically just move out of it, That'll and then Horde 1 won't. So go ahead and roll damage to Horde 1 there. Ooh. Okay. Sparkly. Yeah, so these blades damage. spring up and start spinning around and slicing, uh, like, you know, grass before a lawnmower, and uh, essentially this um, Horde is destroyed. And um, when that happens, basically it's broken up and becomes. So what's left then are four individual normal zombies. The rest have been turned into prison meat hamburger. Hmm. (laughs) And that should be it for me. We were watching, me and my dad a while back, we were watching, uh, was it Locked Up or whatever? And uh, some uh, prison cook was talking about meal loaf, which is where you. It's just a bunch of scraps, basically, mm-hmm. with hamburger and baked. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't look that bad. So we made it. It's really good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rohan, your turn. Now, some of those cooks are exemplary at being able to make something from almost nothing. Um, continue floating another five feet higher. So, so you're going to have to go a little higher now. or else they get cover. Okay. So, yeah, then I guess I'll go up uh, 20 feet and... Uh, just take a single shot this round. Okay. Zombie Horde 2. Actually, no, they wouldn't get cover because of my special yeah, ability. So. nothing. Yeah. No, um, okay. that works. So, yeah, just five feet and then full attack. I want to see a horde drop prone. When you use your fly, how long does it last? It lasts for one minute. Total? Total, yeah. Okay. So, I should have, after this round, I should have five rounds left. Okay. Um, all right, so full attack with the... Why did it do that twice? Who you targeting? Oh, I'm still attacking me. <laughs> I'm still targeting me. Don't attack yourself, please. Yeah, well, untarget you and then roll damage, and we'll see if it has it to you or not. I don't think it should if you untarget you. All right, so check. 
I'm just targeting Zombie Horde 2 now. And yeah, that one last attack. It's a hit as well. So it looks like I... All right, so going back through that Rohan with an automatic miss. Rohan. So okay, Zombie was a hit. Three, four. Zombie was a hit. So you got... Zombie was a hit. Five. Five. Five hits on the zombies, yeah. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Yeah, so another hail of arrows streaks in and zombies, you know, dropping like flies. The horde still remains. And Graham, it'll be your turn. Okay, so I'll move 20 feet that way and a further 10 feet up. So it should be 20 feet off the ground. And um, I'll have to activate that staff power blindly, but I'm going to cast Levitate from it onto Fenris. Okay. Let me give you that skill roll. Looking for 25 or better. You got it. Okay. So, yeah, he should. I don't have a Levitate set up, so. I can do that in the background if you'd like. Because if you find this spell, you should be able to drag it to right yeah. to your sheet, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised that when you equip that staff, it didn't create an action for you. I didn't uh, actually equip it. It's Chris's staff. I just picked it up just now since he dropped it. Mm. <clears throat> do you want me to drag that into... No, it's fine. All right, so you're levitating Fenrit there. Yeah. I don't know if I move him or he moves him. Well, he's just going straight up, right? Yeah. Okay. 20 feet, I guess, we'll move him up. Okay. (laughs) Except that I want to do it in the most uncoordinated and balanced (laughs) way possible, like start tumbling head over head. head That happens really easy. And then head goes into the blade barrier. (laughs) Yeah, if you start attacking or or whatever, uh, you... Start becoming start getting penalties, yeah. yeah. I think it's a little, but yeah, I will. Yeah, it just allows you to move yourself or another creature or an object. So I guess you're in control so I guess of it. I'm moving them up, yeah. It's just so strange how I can, yeah, since it's unexpected, I'll have to try and, you know, like the un, the awkward balancing that you see when uh, in any movie where somebody first learns they have uh, the ability to fly or float. Yeah. Just, oh, waving my arms around, pinwheeling. Oh, man. So, legs so, um, like I'm running. Uh, John, put the your mouse cursor over your token and hold down Alt and scroll with your mouse wheel. See if it... So that was a level 11? The staff? Yeah. Does that uh, do anything? 15, caster level. 15. I guess you might have been able to it resist. Didn't do try it more. again. <laughs> try it again. Yeah, I guess if you're unwilling... Do I need to oh, select no. myself no or throw. just hover over? Mm. Yeah, try to select yourself and do it. And do it. So I'm just right, very fine. slowly floating well, upward. You guys just, just will have to remember how high me. you are and be honest about it because I'm not going to remember. So, All right. It, and uh, then um, it shakes my token back and forth, kind of like yeah, twerking. I, yeah, I don't know why it's being stupid. but um, I have that effect on him now. It should last uh, 50 <laughs> rounds. Wait, you got okay. the, the twerk effect on me for running. <laughs> All right. 150 rounds. And then. Um, <laughs> Graham, I never asked for this power. Anything else for you, Graham? That's it. Okay, Casimir. Now, um, this tunnel had begun taking a very gentle curve to it, almost imperceptible. But now um, you get. You, you reach a point where suddenly you can see. 
um, a light at the end of it. Uh oh. And you can feel wind on your skin. All right. Yeah. I'll keep jogging. Okay. So then, uh, at the end of your turn, you'll reach that light and basically it, it ends that this tunnel ends. And as you get to that point, you're looking out over, um, a snowy mountainous precipice. All right. right. Uh, eight charges left on the staff, by the way. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll go through my necklace first before I, I'm re, it looks like I can recharge it. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> well, in grand fashion, I will deplete it for you if I have the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, yeah, there's like a whole section because they only have 10 charges now, but as long as you got a spell on the list, mm. you can recharge one charge a day. Okay. You said it was already missing one. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, you're down to eight. All right, so this zombie horde comes running this way, which I guess would be underneath you guys. So you're going to start building up? He's going to get chopped to pieces on his way there, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so roll the damage for that Fenrith. Sorry, I thought I had it targeted. It I'd selected the token. I'll put it on there. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, you know, they get chopped to ribbons as they run through here, but basically they rush over here and they start climbing up the statue trying to be able to reach you. So, you know, some of them are like climbing up the statue. The others are climbing up the others. And so, um, by the end of their turn, they're about five feet below you two, uh, below Fenrith. How high are you, Rohan? I'm only 15 feet up, so they... So they, yeah, yeah. so they'll reach you. Yeah. Okay. Can I cast spells on with your this turn. without any penalty? Uh, yeah, it's or just melee, just melee, melee ranged okay. attacks. I mean, I guess if it's a touch ranged attack, that might still qualify as being disrupted by levitate. You can just shout out if you want me to move you down or up further. All right, Rohan. So they reach high enough to start scratching and clawing at your feet. Ooh. Just um, one away from the rend. Yeah. And then um, Fenrith. All right. I will. How how long would it take you to put together a sheet for uh, an elemental, Brandon? Is that something that you, you have any type of template for? Um, Like a greater fire elemental? Hang on. I might have... Uh, yeah, no time at all. Go ahead. If, if you're wanting to summon something, go ahead and we'll, okay. we'll make it work. So, yeah, I'll uh, cast uh, Summon Monster 7 for a greater fire elemental. Okay. Let me get that out there. So there's four, mm. six, seven. And you wanted greater fire elemental. And put that out there. Where are you? And that's going to be... Friendly, and we'll use this here. And then I think if I see, we'll go into notes. I think, um, so you know, it's set up, uh, you know, an extension that uh, where I can add a cohort to your sheet and then you have control over them. So let me see if it works for this elemental here. Mm, that is pretty nice. And then if we add it from there onto the combat tracker, um, are you able to control it? Um, where, where would it be though? 
Go into your notes section on your character sheet. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Those. And open that character sheet. There he is. And then, yeah. So anyway, I've got it on the combat tracker. And uh, where would you want to summon it? Um, I'll put it right, uh, maybe like right in, in that area. Uh, I'll just maybe on the other side because it's it's supposed to be like 36 feet long. thing is... Yeah, Pretty so much. that, there you go. That's where you wanted it. Yeah, this is a huge elemental. Go over here if we can. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll put them over there. All right. All right, and then it should get its uh, its action too, right? Yeah, and would you summon it on the ground or what? These things can fly, so. Yeah, it'll it'll be up in the, figure it'll be up in the air a little. Well, I guess how tall is it, though? Yeah, we'll, we'll put it like 10 feet up, I guess. Is, uh, yeah, maybe they can't fly. They don't have a fly speed, so never mind. It can't fly. Oh, all right. Then on the ground it is fine. Yeah, and then it would get its action. So okay, so it'll do uh, its full attack. All right. Yeah. So it starts uh, punching fire burn? at the. So burn is a special ability it has, and that is um, if it deals oh. fire damage. On a successful hit, those affected must also succeed on a reflex save or catch fire, taking the listed damage for an additional 1d4 rounds at the start of its turn, uh, or else they'll have to take a full round action to try and turn it off or whatever. So um, go into its spells, and it has burn, and so do the cast so that this thing can roll its reflex. Oh, sorry. I think I hit it twice. Well, it failed on both. So uh, apply the effect to it. And so, you know, it'll burn for... Um, does it have a damage, too? It, it looks like 2d8 plus 7 each round. Okay, so on its next turn, it'll roll that automatically. Hmm. So you're good there. That's a heck of a burn. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a huge fire elemental. So, yeah. yep, there it is. 2d8 plus 7. Okay. Uh, anything else for you, Fenrith? As I'll I'll call out to Graham to as, uh, <laughs> twenty feet higher, Graham. <laughs> yeah, but I'll I'll do it. Uh, who who sings that? The Creed song? Is I'll do it like that <laughs> though, so that you really hate me for it. <laughs> hey, well, everybody loved you for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people love you, but don't admit to it. Mm, yes. <laughs> All right, and then um, that'll bring us to Rohan. So I'll I'll go up another five feet to try and get out of the range of these things again, um, and then continue trying to pick off the ones that are grabbing at my feet. So yeah, full full attack. Ooh, critical hit. Nice. All right, here we go. Looks like I got all five hit with one critical so that should be the crit that did it yeah so this hail of flame arrows goes shooting through and just chops all the rest of them down and and kills that horde and uh you know just just leaves a massive pile of uh rotting dead corpses on the floor i actually just shot the bottom one and the rest of them tipped into yeah, the blade barrier fell down yeah <laughs> okay um yeah, so 
with that, everything goes suddenly very silent. And um, anything else for you, Rohan? Nope. Okay, Graham, that brings us to you. Okay, I'll ask Fenrith if he still wants to go up. No, down, please. Okay, and I'll spend my move action, or one of them, to move him down 20 feet to the ground. And then I'll spend my other one to just move horizontally, close up ranks with the rest of these guys. And that ought to do it for me. Okay. Break the staff. <laughs> yeah, Bloodtooth's probably losing his mind. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot the, about the that. Staff. I think he's okay with magic items. Just not yeah, gnomish. Weapon envy. Uh, just weapon envy and gnomish. He doesn't sit, consider staves to be weapons. Uh, that said, it can be used as a, right. what, as a plus two quarter staff. Yeah, that he, he would have a problem with. <laughs> have to be careful. He'll start stabbing you. <laughs> Soon he'll start getting envious when you split him in two and use the other one. Yeah, why are you using your offhand more? The cane and Abel story played out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. So, Graham, you move back over here with everybody else. That's within the blade barrier. So, you got to take damage. Just kidding. <laughs> I yeah. think I'm still uh, above it, though, right? Even if I yeah. was over it. Okay. And then that, um, that'll bring it. Okay. So, as you move over there, Graham, and you join up with these two, then um, everybody sees that door suddenly appear again. And then that'll bring us to Casimir. So, Casimir, you're at the very edge looking out at uh, a drop of who how who knows how many miles. It's like you're at the very top of the mountain. I mean, you can see there's still some above you, but um, mm. down below you see nothing but fog, clouds, and rocks and you know mountainous terrain but as you you peek your head out you see that about um 10 feet away along the face of this cliff is another opening and there's a tiny ledge that goes from where you're at to that opening all right <laughs> like six inches wide maybe okay here we go i'm gonna try to uh use that ledge to get over there okay Balance check or climb. Um, Acrobatics. Yeah, acrobatics. All right. <laughs> mm, I should have. I for, Sorry, I didn't roll that in uh, the tower. But uh, do you think I need to use a hero point? Uh, one second here. Maybe I should just use it and re-roll. It was a three. In the true words of Graham, it can't get much worse. <laughs> yeah, you've had a 90% chance of it. All right, so for a, a surface, a narrow for crossing narrow surfaces, a surface two to six inches wide, the base DC is fifteen. Okay, yeah. And then let's look at the modifiers. Oh, modifier. Let's see. Let's see, lightly obstruct. No, it's not. No, not. It's. It is slightly slippery. Because of the wet, so that'll add up a two. All right. It's not sloped. Uh, it's not unsteady. Could be one of those gelatin mountains. Could be unsteady. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have an acrobatic feat? No. The acro okay. All right. So, yeah. So, basically, you're looking for a 15. Wait. What did I say? A 15. 
Which is 17? You're looking for a 17, so yeah. Um, All right. I would use a hero. Okay, so I, I've marked it off. Uh, did, did you fix it? Where is it still going to give me the error? Yeah, it gives me the error when I double click. There we go. Okay. All right, so you, um, you know, you step out on this ledge there, and you're like hugging the wall and, um, you know, wishing that you had... Wishing that you had some uh, magical power to become part of the wall itself as you, you know, slowly shuffle your way across. Um, So that's like, um, that's about a 10 foot trip you're going to take. All right. And, uh, and so at your speed, you'd still reach that in, in this turn, you'll still reach that, that opening there. All right. Is, uh, do I got enough? To look around or yeah so basically you you reach that opening and you get inside and now you're looking at a tunnel that mo- that's going you know back the direction you came from right. and um uh it looks to you like a hundred feet up it's it comes to an end and branches to both the left and the right okay do i have any movement left or is that uh, no that'd be it okay so and then um Fenrith. All right, I'm going to use one of my heels. Okay. The big pompa heels that are giant. Uh, and then and then I'll uh I'll just ask the uh fire elemental to uh to defend us. If anything uh comes comes around, we'll have nice long talk about fire things. <laughs> Or things that burn. All right. Let's see. All right. And then, um, you know, so that'll be its turn. And so it just looks around for a threat and doesn't find any. And uh, Rohan, back back to you. All right. Um, Do a perception. Keep an ear out for anything else that might be in the area. So kind of a focused one. Okay. all right. Um, yeah. So you're listening around, looking around, and um, yeah, you don't detect any sounds that aren't coming from you or your companions. Okay. And can I actually see the gate that Casimir went through now? Yeah. You can see it on the map, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everybody can see it now. Yeah. Um, I'll fly down. Let's see. Do I have enough? Yeah. I'll fly down to just in front of it. Why did it keep there? Okay. And get prepared to go through once Fenrith is healed up a little bit. All right. And then Graham. Hmm. Fenrith, did you want me to risk the the healing rod on you? Um let's been acting a little weird. Yeah, just let me uh let me uh, dismiss my my blade barrier next turn. Okay. But it'll take me a minute to get down there. I'm still air walking. So I'll move up, say, 15 feet and uh, and 10 feet downward. So I should be 10 feet above the ground. Okay. And I guess with my remaining, my standard action, I'll just keep that staff of power. I'll kind of point it around looking for a threat to come out. So I'll just, if, if any threat comes into my field of view, I'll launch a fireball at it. Okay, uh, put a will save in the tower for me, Graham. 
All right. So yeah, you go over there and you're 10 feet above and you're looking around for, you know, in case the threat shows up, but then you get like this sensation, like you've been, uh, like some rope around your neck violently jerked you around and you find yourself staring back, you know, to the South, but not at anything here at something much further away, far distant. But, uh, you get uh, a vision flash through your head of, uh, some, some impossibly dark, impossibly deep chasm in the ocean. And somehow you're suspended above this, looking down into the black and something starts to rise. Mm-mm. And, uh, before you can, uh, before you actually can see it enough to describe it, you get the sense of, uh, you know, ultimate terror. Uh, washing over you and then you're um, thing that should not be uh, yeah and then in a blink of an eye it's it's gone and you find yourself floating up in the air staring off in the other direction but um, wow I have a bad feeling <laughs> it's like an indescribable <laughs> terror has awakened anything else for you no that uh that it and yep just ready into attack all right Casimir so you reach the end there where it branches left and right, and you can see that both ways it begins to curve inward, wh- okay. whichever direction you go. Oh, in true uh, hero fashion, I will take the right way. Okay. All right, so for the rest of your turn, you walk in that direction, and it's got some pretty good you know, curve to it. Okay. And uh, that'll be your turn. And then Fenrith. I'll move up here next to uh, Graham, who receives some healing rod treatment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the uh, elemental will come out here, start All right. looking around. It'll take the form of a giant Rohan snake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fire Rohan snake. Rohan. I'm slightly confused why the fire elemental looks like me now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'll uh, use a free action to ask, are we going after Casimir? Can we go Uh, after him? I thought we didn't see the door. You do now. We do. Yeah, everybody sees it now. So we probably should. And the last time that we waited outside a door for him, the entire uh, structure (laughs) collapsed. Good point. Never and I'll dive through the uh, opening. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, Ron, so you, you decide on that course of action, but put a will save in the tower for me. Uh, I was hoping that instead of your vision, it was uh, blood tooth. That's my worst <laughs> Getting one. Getting angry. This healing has got to stop. All right. So, yeah, you, um, you decide you're going to go through the door, but... Um, you know, then, you know, as if you were struck by some powerful blow in the head, you stop and your vision is swept uh, to some distant place where um, time has a a different meaning and you're flying at uh, impossible speeds over top of vast forest. And uh, it, you quickly deduce, you know, based on the speed that no no forest could possibly be this large, but you are um, sweeping over it nonetheless. And uh, and it looks beautiful 
and tranquil. And through the canopy, you can see all of the different creatures of all the different types that would call a forest like that home and everything working as it should and living in harmony. But then you reach a point near what, what you guess might be the center where everything is turned dark and black and almost like uh, lines of infection on a wound uh, are stretching from the center of this, you know, the center area, stretching out in all directions, uh, spoiling everything that they touch as they, as they march in, in all those directions. And uh, you, you focus your vision on the very center of this black, spoiled, rotten area and sweep downward, but, and, uh, you, you see what the cause of it is, but before you're, you're actually able to process what it is your eyes are seeing, you're swept back to your body and you stand there in front of that door. Um, but instead of facing it now, you're facing to the right of it, like staring off in that direction. Uh, but anyway, so now you find yourself back in control of your body there. You're not sure what that was about. Okay. Was that my, my whole turn or? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll just be kind of shaking my head and rubbing my eyes and trying to figure out what the heck just happened to me. All right. And then Graham. Okay. I'll descend the rest of the way down with one of my actions and then um, hit Fenris with that obsidian wand. Administer the jump attack. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My magic device. Okay. That front. See what happens. We might be going on a different adventure. Mm. That's what happens when you mess with gnomish magic. Right. So, yeah, we'll heal him a bit. This is the cursed wand, Brandon. <laughs> what actually happens? All right, let's see. Well, everything works as it should. I guess everything's okay after all. See, Graham, to the you way just needed be. confidence in yourself. <laughs> That's all you were truly missing. I had confidence in myself. It was the, wa the, the <laughs> wand I was worried about. As I'll rest my hand on his shoulder, <laughs> smile, <laughs> nod, say, my friend, and then just shake my head. Okay. Don't patronize me. <laughs> <laughs> Go running off into the darkness. Stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> it's my class that makes me this way. Every rogue I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been the one rogue who wasn't like that. You could have been worse. You could have been <laughs> hiding up in the rafters all the time. <laughs> Being super emo. But you're not. You're a happy-go-lucky rogue. Almost like a halfling. Right. Except taller. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot taller. <laughs> he's like he's actually just two halflings standing on top of each other. Okay, might be three. How they're like three foot tall, aren't they? Three halflings in a trench coat. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm not nine foot tall. Yeah, you're yeah, like two and two. a half. Yeah. You're like two tall ones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, some good old tooks. <laughs> okay. After those adventure genes awoke in them. Well, wasn't it the ant water that made them grow? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I was referring to the uh, the old tooks that could... Uh, like, like the historical ones yeah, that would like, uh, ride create a, horse a golf, and, golf yeah. in, uh, in The Hobbit? Yeah. But the uh, I guess 
the they did grow in the uh, whole yeah. Mary and Pippin. I heard somewhere that traveling. All right, then Casimir. All right. So when you when you finally make your circuit around, and you can see the tunnel from if you had gone the other direction, they meet here in this perfect circle, and then you know where they where they meet is a uh, large door set into the wall. This is a um, this is one area where like the the ceiling has been ten feet high this entire trip, but then about you know this space of twenty feet at the end of the tunnels, then the ceiling gets much higher. So now you're looking at a door that's um, ten ten feet wide and twenty feet tall, and it's made of adamantine and um, mm. it's got a uh, just you know beautiful scroll work in it. Uh, no handle that you can see, but there is a place on the door, a, a rounded depression that that looks to be about the perfect size for the uh, orb of Tarsalis. Watch me screw this up, and the door becomes sentient, <laughs> a sentient god now. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll kind of jog up and see if that will work. Yeah, so you mean you know find it from wherever you had it, and uh, and you place it in, and like. You, you know, um, there's some force that pulls it in before you actually finish the movement. And mm. so it um, slides into that opening there with like a scrape, um, a little bit of a spark. And then some lights start moving from that center area along the rest of the door, following paths that you hadn't seen in the scroll work, right? A pattern that you hadn't detected. But And then this split appears right down the middle and it swings open. And, uh, and then you, as it finally opens, uh, you're looking at a, uh, small room with nothing in it. It's like perfectly symmetrical, uh, perfectly square room, but there's nothing in it whatsoever. And on one wall, you can see that, um, you can see through this one section it's about the size of a doorway, you know, well, a little bigger, you know, about, about 10 feet tall, but you can tell from this side that it's, uh, it's like, um, like a one way wall. It's like illusory. If you were on the other side, you wouldn't see it. Okay. And right outside there is a tunnel that stretches out, um, in a straight path until it opens up on the bright world outside. And then right inside, right on the other side of that illusion, is a, a massive stone sarcophagus, which you recognize as having seen before. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's that. And then what do... Fenrith, your move. All right. Um, I'd like to, like to um, see if I can get myself with that uh, healing rod one more time. If... Uh, if Graham doesn't have a death grip on it. Yeah, you can you can take it. Okay. Well, I mean, you have to come into the darkness where I am to get it. He's going to walk up to you and tenderly take your hand. And then what was that? Cure critical? Yes. Any cooperative effort usually ends up being a parody <laughs> of the ghost pottery scene. So, yep. yes, <laughs> we've done that many times. <laughs> and unfortunately... I can see Ethereal, which means I can see the ghost. <laughs> right. It's not just the lonely woman making pottery. 
or I guess lonely that, rogue healing. Yeah, <laughs> I guess at the time he was alive, at least the first time. Was it right? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. that was. Uh, otherwise, it would have been her and Whoopi. Right. <laughs> yeah, there were some scenes that that when you really think about what's happening, start getting a little weird. All right, so Fenrith, you're healing yourself with this. Yeah. Wand from Trev or from Graham. And this is the Onyx one? Yep. Okay. This is the Obsidian one. Or right, Obsidian, yeah. That, that tricky one. All right, Fenrith, um, roll a percentile dice in the tower for me when you use that wand. Okay. So, yeah, it works as intended. Yeah, so you heal yourself for 30 points there, and so your wounds are starting to stitch together now, and you're feeling a little healthier. I don't um, think I had myself targeted. I, I keep clicking on the tokens, but uh, nothing popped up this time for me to choose. All right, I put it on your sheet there, so thank you. Uh, you just have eleven damage left, and uh, and then can I dismiss my the fire elemental? As it says, it's yeah. dismissible. All right, yeah. So oh, yeah. I'll, I'll uh, thank him for for destroying the zombies. I know that it was him instead of Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> and bid him uh, a fond, fiery farewell. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he he bows to you and then twirls and disappears into a puff of smoke. Puff of smoke that looks like Rohan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sir, I'm beginning to think he's going to try and replace me. <laughs> mm. He found out that I'm I'm not technically good, and now he has to replace me with a good version. Yeah. He also right. wants to hang out with you. The only sure good version is a fire <laughs> version. All right, Graham, that brings us to you. Well, I suppose I'll go up here as I was busy and figure out what the holdup is. I know something happened with Rohan where he was going to dive in and you just reeled backwards. Was that because of your vision, or did you impact on something? No, it was, uh, my vision stopped me. So, yeah, I started to walk towards it and then went zombie-like and started staring off into the east as if I should head in that direction. Did you want to hit with the, the wand for old times' sake? You want to hit this? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Graham, but no. I'll be all right. Okay. I'll put it in my belt and... uh just wait for us to be ready to, to make our move. Okay. And then Casimir. All right. Through the um, the illusory wall, and I will sit down my trident and see if I can open the sarcophagus, if I can reach it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can. So, um, you know, it moves very easily, and you push it open, and inside is the body of Tarcellus. Um not at all looking like um, a dead or anything, perfectly uh, preserved and as uh, striking and handsome and powerful as an elven deity would be expected to look in his full armor there. And uh, yeah, so as soon as you push that open, then you, um, you know, you hear this whooshing sound and that, uh, that soul um, just shoots through the air and slams right into Tarcellus's chest there. And then his eyes open. Okay. So, um, so Casimir, Tarcellus's eyes open and, uh, 
and then he he sits up but it's not like you know when a person sits up like he sits up and then rises into the air as if you know he's not beholden to gravity and then indeed he turns out not to be because he just continues rising up through the stone and uh and then he's gone right like up up through the stone but uh everybody uh at the same time uh gets this you know bright flash in your vision and then you can you you can feel your head moving in a direction and then you see tarcellus and he's rising through the stone of the mountain up to above the mountain and uh then he's you know floating in the air up there he seems impossibly large and um the you all feel the ground begin to shake and uh so that's what's going on now. Crap, it is going to collapse on us again. <laughs> Don't worry, I can teleport out of here. <laughs> yeah, we can too, as long as the ceiling doesn't crush us. Yeah, we're all good. So you can see that and see him up there, and you can see bits of like, it almost seems like lightning, but it's not. It has no blue to it, um, but, but uh, shooting off of him and down you know into and on and around the mountain but you can also see where you are and what's going on in front of you so fenrith it'll be your turn all right i'll uh so i'll move up to where these other guys are at and then uh well i think i have enough to move through so i'll try to move through okay yep so fenrith walks through that door and disappears i don't see why it was so hard for you guys <laughs> and then the incompetence Rohan I'll follow him through okay see if I have another vision alright and then Graham yep I'll follow him through okay hesitate for a moment what's this an elf not gonna go where an elf goes the Gimli right. speech <laughs> not a speech really but elves don't belong in the sky right <laughs> A rogue won't go where a cleric will. Right. Okay. That's the one. So, yeah, you all walk through that door, and then you feel that by now familiar sensation of, of movement um, as a general idea, although you can't see anything or hear anything that, that would indicate you're moving, and you see nothing but bright white. And then, um, uh, and then when you... Uh, find yourself aware again of where you are and what you're doing. You find that you are outside on a ledge. And this is a large ledge that um, looks like the way that the, that it curves on, on the um, edge of it. It's clear that it was fashioned. Everything is way too smooth, um, but it is just normal stone. Uh, but you're standing there on this ledge looking out um, over the mountain range. And uh, so you can't like see any place that's familiar to you. You're just looking down at a, you know, snow, snowy mountains and valleys and um, chasms and whatnot. But uh, up above you, you see Tarcellus floating up there with these bits of energy um uh, shooting off of him down into the mountain and Casimir's there too. Um, and you find yourself Casimir with your companions there on this ledge. And, uh, you all get like, a uh, as you look at Tarcellus, you get like a vision, whether you want to or not, it's not, 
It's like it sweeps you along with it, but these bits of energy are are um, uh, shooting down the mountain and they're traveling through every single crevice, every tunnel, every hallway, every door, every opening, and everywhere they go, they come across these undead um, servants that had been captured and remade to protect the place and they're utterly destroying them as they sweep through the place and then you also get a vision of that central chamber that you had entered where it was just a giant smooth shaft that um, descended down into blackness and uh, the city was down there and now the, the reason the ground is shaking is because that city is rising uh, slowly, but, but steadily rising from where it had come to rest down at the bottom of that shaft. And it's rising up, uh, towards its rightful place outside on the peak of the mountain. So as it rises, you can see that it's enormous. It's much bigger than you would have thought. And you can see that there's some sort of, um, screw apparatus underneath it and it, so it's doing this rotation as it rises and uh so that's what you see um and the place the whole mountain is shaking enough that it seems like it's dangerous and that it's probably time to go then let's see that'll bring us so you so casimir you're looking at that you see all that you have a bit of more insight into what exactly is going on because you feel like a connection to Tarcellus, but you know he's um, he's been he's been woken, but uh, he has a brief time where he can expend the power to be here on the material plane. He's mm. going to have to go wherever it is that gods go. But um, but and before he does, stuff done. Yeah, he's intending to get the um, the the city. Uh, back into its rightful place so that it can be inhabited all right by by snow elves again uh, but yeah he doesn't uh he, he he's not going to have spare attention to protect you lot from falling okay. <laughs> falling rocks or whatever might happen with how bad this mountain is shaking so um, hmm. do i th it, it are we within range of teleport like the hero house or is it a little bit too far. You probably aren't. Yeah, you right. you think oh. based on where you are and the elevation, blah blah blah. You probably are not within teleport range. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. You may or may not be. You can't be sure. But but what is one one thing is certain to all of you that have any touch on magic is that it's going wild here with mm. Tarcellus doing this stuff, and it's like uh, it seems to you that any spell you might cast could could work or that energy could be taken and used for Tarcellus's purpose <laughs> you know to great effect or disastrous effect it's hard to say but um as you look out over those uh, over the mountains below you do spot um coming through the fog uh the four large flying birds mm. heading your direction so all right i guess i'll move up and make ready for them hopefully it's our rocks <laughs> yeah maybe even a uh, whistle the uh whistles that 
oh, okay. rock writer whistles yeah. help them out. All right, yeah, so you blow that, and then you see immediately that they they shift direction and start heading more directly for you. They've got to gain some elevation there below you, but they are now heading up towards you. So, um, and then, I mean, that's what's happening. The rest of you following Casimir's vision, you can see your rocks approaching. Um, the mountain continues to shake, not bad enough for you to lose your feet, but uh, things are starting to fall now. Um, you know, large chunks of stone, um, snow, ice is beginning to fall around you. So, um, none of it's hitting you yet, but it definitely makes you feel like you don't want to stay. Mm. I'll, I'll also warn them against magic use. Uh, okay. Wow. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beware. Tarcellus's, uh, presence is causing magic to run wild. I'd avoid using it if possible. Okay. All right, so let me do a couple rolls here. Is this where we all die? Just trying to see if anybody gets hit by... And then you die. ...falling mountains. There are multiple falling mountains. <laughs> um, okay, so um, so here's what happens next. You're all waiting for your rocks to reach you so you can get out of here. The place is shaking like crazy and things are falling, but uh, so far nothing has fallen close enough to put any of you in danger. Um, but it does occur to you as you're looking around that like this ledge you're on, didn't, there's nowhere to have reached it. Like there's no tunnel in the mountain or doorway or anything. It's just a ledge out here. Um, but when you look back towards the mountain face from which this ledge emanates, you can see uh, roughly in the center there uh, where a good, a good place would be for say a, a doorway to reach this area. Um, the snow and the ice is starting to melt extremely quickly and steam is rising um, as that, as it melts. And then when your rocks finally reach you and they land so that you can get out of there, you can see that um, the, uh, a flow of lava has punched through the ice and the snow and moves in your direction. It's not, you're not in danger. You have plenty of time to get out of there. But as you mount your rocks and take flight, you can see that, it, that you know, lava doesn't move fast in most circumstances anyway. So it's, you know, slowly, um, you know, marching towards the edge of that where it begins to uh, fall off of the edge and, you know, like a waterfall, but, but that, uh, Lava, you know, falls down where it uh, hardens and, you know, disappears into the mist and the clouds below. But uh, on your rocks, um, you've got a better a better view of the mountains in general. And you can see um, that all around the peaks, the there's mist and uh, steam coming as the angry mountain has awoken in the in the the lava begins to flow. Uh, however, however, it was designed to by Sar by Tarcellus. So, um, so that's what you see. So then it's a easy, uh, e easy to turn the rocks to the South back towards home. And, uh, and you sail through the, you know, the cloudy skies on your way there. Uh, once you've gotten a good, mile or so away from the mountains it's like you 
break through a wall into a blue sky. And, uh, you know, behind you is the uh, mountain and the whole range covered in clouds. From out here, you can see what looks to be lightning striking everywhere all the time. And, uh, you know, obviously there's, you know, rain and thunder, but now you're out, out of that effect into a clear blue sky and you can see seemingly forever a tiny dot below you far to the south is the uh, home of the heroes and the village of cradle and uh so you're headed that direction when you spot uh off to the east or no sorry off to the west uh you you spot a couple things that of great concern to you uh, one of which is a um well from where you are you can actually see uh, at the very edge of your vision um, forms struggling against some sort of barrier right around the rock cliffs where, where the, the, the rocky landscape appeared and where you know that all the dragons are. And, and the old man had told you they were trying to break through this barrier that's being held there by uh, Coralon. That was the reason why Tarcellus needed to be awoken is so Coralon could have some help with that barrier. Uh, Tarcellus is obviously putting his efforts into something else at the moment. And you do spot that some of those forms have, have broken through. They're not headed um, towards you or the village just yet. They're sort of circling around, probably trying to see if any of their companions will also break through but some forms have broken through i'm gonna use hand signal to signal the casimir did we fail did we do something wrong because like from the way things are going it looks like what we were trying to prevent is starting to happen i'll shake my head at rohan no we we are good um so what do you do you're too far away from the village to see any details about what's going on there. Obviously, there's, you know, a foreign enemy attacking regularly, but from where you are, you basically, you might as well be looking at a still painting. You know, you're not, you're not able to see any people or things there. Um, and so that's the only thing of interest that you see is those, uh, drag or what you are pretty sure are dragons off to the west. Do we want to split up? Send some people to monitor the dragon situation and others to check on the village. Yeah, hand signal. That sounds good. All right. Okay. So, um, Casimir, it'll be your turn. Which one are you going to do? Which way are you going to go? Mm. All right. Uh, two, one and two, I'll head towards uh, Cradle. Three and four, I'll head towards the dragons. Dragons. Okay. Fenrith, which direction are you going to go? Go and uh, protect the village. Okay, and then Rohan, which direction are you going to go? I'll uh, scout out the dragons with Casimir. And then Graham? The village it is. All right. Throw me my staff of power. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys going to try to exchange that? I mean, if he wants me to, I will. Well, we had a little bit of time waiting for the rocks, right? Yeah, that's true. I probably would have handed it right back. Yeah, you. but you didn't say it, so it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, no, that's fine. You can give it to me when <laughs> I see you again next. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you could. You would have been able to make that trade. Yeah, well, I would have been complaining. <laughs> well, sort of. You want this back now, Casimir? <laughs> it's too heavy. Just uh, pickpocket it back into <laughs> I'm the... I'm carrying a medium load with The bag of holding. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
it's the one uh one sell or fail safe I can rely on. But yeah, I'll get behind Fenwith's rock and we'll head back that way. Okay. Um yeah, so you guys do your conversation there, um, where you decide on those things and uh begin you've just begun to sort of separate when uh you notice two things that might change your mind. Um uh, one that you notice is that those forms that have broken through that barrier, um, which it's hard to see, it could be two of them or three of them. It's hard to tell. Um, but, but they, they come to a landing on those, cl- the rock cliffs over there. And so one of them, you know, you can't see anymore. The other you can, but they're not moving. They're just, you know, perched on the rocks there too far away for you to even be able to tell what color they are, but they are, landed there um, waiting to see if any of their companions will make it through. And the other is to the south, past the village, over the ocean, uh, a massive storm is rolling in from uh, from the south, and you see the unmistakable uh, form of an airship. Uh, mm. definitely one you have not seen before. It's, it's enormous mm. and it's moving towards the village as well. Enterprise. I was going to say dreadnought. Right. Or the good. Yamamoto. Yeah. Well, the storm being over the sea definitely piques my interest. And, uh, I don't know if I can communicate my vision with the hand language to anybody other than Casimir. But I do know there's a source of great indescribable evil somewhere in the depths. Oh, I don't plan to fight the dragons, just... Scout it, right. Yeah, so... So that's the same idea I'm getting about this uh, stormy area. All right, so are, do you want you and Fenrith to... Uh, Check it out. Scout the ships while we scout the dragons and then yeah. head back to Cradle? All right, so I'll motion to Rohan in a simpler form of hand sign to just follow my lead and hopefully we'll be back in cradle soon okay and the rest of you gonna listen or just ignore him i'll pretend like i listened <laughs> swear to god i have lightning bolt in this staff Justin. <laughs> <laughs> i think he's immune to light yeah yeah you can lightning bolt me all you want well we'll see how immune yeah. you are <laughs> um okay so heading towards the village is that what i heard Mm-mm. everybody's doing no they're, um, they're doing the dragons I'm going to do the airship probably with yeah. Fenrith. I mean, I'll yeah. tell him we should check that out. It's just a scouting. We're not Before actually we the village. planning yeah. to engage. We're just going to scout and then head towards, then head back towards Cradle. Make sure everything is... Okay. We'll, we'll get yeah. sucked into a boss. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, it's like uh, when you're flying around in six and yeah. just all of a sudden you got to fight that uh, poison esper. All does, right. does that exist in Yeah, I'll go Brandon? with... Uh, what? Grim. If I poison espers. If I climb high enough, will I encounter a boss? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you you leave the sphere and uh, die. Oh, okay. Suffocation. Uh, what did you say, Fenrith? Said I'll go with Graham if he's uh, changing the plan. Yeah, the idea is just to go get a closer look at what's going on over there before we go back to the to cradle. You're going to look at the airship. Yeah. You and Fenrith? Okay. Yep, I did get that right. The storm and the airship are basically the same thing. Yeah, right. like That's that just... airship is basically like just ahead of that storm. Right. Yeah. 
And from time to time, it slips back into it. But yeah. Okay. All right. So um, we'll do with the scouts here um, of the dragons. So Casimir and Rohan going to look at the dragons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, you get closer and closer and finally, you know, and you've got good elevation and finally you can pick out some more details. So you see that there are, you know, at least two dozen dragons. Um, they seem to be taking turns pressing against this barrier. And uh, a, a lot of them don't seem to be giving it their best effort. <laughs> there are three that you can be sure have made it to your side of the barrier. And that is a uh, um, two of them are white and uh, one of them is red. And the... Uh, the red is way bigger than the whites. But based on, you know, your knowledge, especially you, Ron, um, you would guess that, I mean, the red's bigger than the white because reds are always bigger than whites. But trying to determine, like, their age and strength. Um, mm. uh, I might actually have decent knowledge arcana oh okay that's like uh in this in pathfinder it's constructs dragons and magical beasts okay so let's have that let's have you roll your arcanas there you go yeah don't have arcana oh okay well casimir sure as hell does so do nature dragons are not natural which is weird because they (laughs) like in tnt they probably would be right yeah in fact they'd probably be like one of the first creatures kind of I mean, spun out into a world, right? Well, it's, <laughs> it's like I titans. The, dis- the distinction must be the same we have where if it's humans or human born, then it's not natural. If it's mm-hmm. anything else that is natural, right? Mm. All right. So then, uh, Casimir, based on your knowledge, as you're looking at these dragons, um, you would guess that the red is a uh where is that i had him on here uh crying out loud an adult oh this red dragon is in adulthood that makes it huge in fact with your role you can tell this is a female okay and um the white dragons based on your role it seems to you like they might have been clutch mates because they look so alike Hmm. um and they are, uh, I have them on here somewhere. Those are also both adults. Okay. Which you, that makes them large in size. But yeah. So pretty small. So compared. So that's what you see has broken through. And, um, you know, the, the red is perched on a, the highest peak of the ones, you know, of the uh, higher than the other two who are also perched on peaks and uh, watching behind them now the barrier itself has some odd effect it's hard to see through it's like a filthy window almost but um you know so you can see stuff that's close to it but beyond you just get like a vague sense of of the landscape back there but um but you do see there's a couple of dozen at least of different colors flying around out there and and from time to time um you know they'll breathe lightning at the barrier or fire or ice or whatever. It doesn't seem to be getting through, but some of them will 
um, like collide with it and almost, you know, and basically land on it as if it were a wall and they have spider climb and they'll try to push and their way through. And um, as you're watching that, you do see one of them gets, um, gets partially through it. Um, you know, it gets its four limbs through and a bit of its snout before it's pushed back out again. So, so that's what you see from here. Okay. They don't seem to notice you. The ones on your side of the barrier don't seem to take notice of you. You never see, um, them move their heads in your direction. Yeah, they don't care about us or they are more yeah. focused on the barrier. Right. Yeah. They don't seem to know you're there. Do I know, uh, like chromatic dragons like temperament is there reasoning with them could we bargain uh, are they intelligent enough to even be bargained with okay yeah so based on your role here's what i'll tell you you know about these dragons the um the white dragons are not smart in fact um in general yeah you know especially compared to other dragons they're like you know, based on that alone, they, sh- they barely qualify to be dragons. They're not, they're not smart, uh, you know, compared to other dragons, but they are smart in general. Like, you know, um, so yeah, you could talk to them and they could understand you and you could bargain with them. Like the dr- white dragon, just to put it in, you know, terms we can all understand, these adult white dragons have an intelligence of 12. So they're perfectly capable above average yeah yeah yeah, they're um and then the uh the adult um red dragon is going to be uh smarter than them okay so you can count on them being able to understand what you're talking about and you can count on them being able to understand what you're saying things like that now um when it comes to like negotiating Everybody knows, and especially you know, how much dragons love treasures of different types, things like that. So um, that you possibly could offer them something that they want. But in this case, like, for example, you for the adult red dragon, their intelligence is going to be a 16 okay. and their wisdom is a 17. So they're, you know, well above average in, in, in those you know, compared to humans and elves or whatever. So <laughs> especially my wisdom. And so here's what you, but another thing, you know, about these type of dragons is that, um, there is the white ones, especially are just absolutely rotten mm. and hateful and spiteful. And, uh, you know, they, they would, they would see the notion of negotiating with, a pathetic lower life form as just abhorrent. Okay. Even if they wanted what you had, they see no reason why they don't just kill you and take it. The same is true of the red. Uh, but but another thing that gives you pause is that um, the the idea of a red dragon doing what somebody else tells it is like unheard of. But here it is waiting patiently for other dragons that it hates mm-hmm. because they. And it's greedy nature yeah. might have driven it normally to just start. Right. Re- yeah. Reaping and re- raving. Yeah. Why? Why would it wait for all of the inferior dragons to get through? It's okay. obviously the strongest of them all because it made it through, um, and it would keep the whites around so it can order them around because it can and they're gonna listen. Yeah. Um, but something has made it stop and wait patiently, and if there's if there's something that can 
make the red dragon do that, then it fears it more than it wants probably what you have. Okay. I'll, I mean, that's just basic thoughts you get about it. Okay. Uh, with that, I'll hand signal to Rohan that we can start heading towards Cradle. I got what I needed. Okay. All right. Now, Fenrith and, or Rohan, did you want to do anything over here? No, just wanted to scan and see if there were any other points where they were trying to get through or if it was just the one or, and so as we sail past, um, just make sure that they're not breaking through in a lot of different places. Oh yeah. Oh, right. Like my hand signaling would have been open-ended. Like I have what I need. Do you got kind of like what you need or. Yeah. I'll signal. Um, let's fly along the, the cliffs on our way back and keep an eye out for more. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, but this, this area where you were witnessing, this seems to be the only place they're bunching up and trying to break through. Okay. And this is the area pretty close to the tallest of the rock cliffs, um, which is pretty close to the coast. So, okay. All right. Now Fenrith and Graham, you're going to check out this, uh, airship, right? Yep. Okay. So you head back, you know, south over, over the village towards the coming storm bank. And, um, and you see this ship and then like the other airships you've seen are like, I mean, it's awesome because they're airships and that's really cool. And they look in big and they had weapons on them. And obviously they're impressive. This is, you know, you know, this, this is like a great red worm next to a, catapult i mean this thing is enormous made uh clearly purpose built for war it's um it's got weapons seemingly on every available surface and it's um just unbelievably huge and uh um in fact i can show you a picture of it here when you get you into the engine room it's a (laughs) one-way mission graham so don't worry start breaking stuff Weapons OSP. Mm-hmm. The uh, commanding <clears throat> crew is sort of a ragtag group of special forces people with odd names. <laughs> Dude, no, we gotta be uh, we gotta be careful because we all know that's a pretty apt description of what heroes are. Right. <laughs> so it's just human heroes coming over. Yeah, let me actually get this set up here. This will this will work better. This will give you an idea of its scale a little better. We probably could just rip the uh, MSG-3 one. I think that fits most uh, D&D characters pretty good. The Fury, mm. the Pain, <laughs> the End. <laughs> All right. And then let me get this. I really do like that juxtaposition because with all the regular like rank-and-file soldier-type stuff or weaponry, it's all like pretty accurate you mm-hmm. know and then just off the rails with certain things <laughs> always neat man i was about to say like they're also fitting pretty good class archetype right yeah. and would be your ranger but would the fury uses a crossbow so like could you have a barbarian use a bow like a mighty bow i don't see why not yeah. right yeah that might be something i have to make now though a crossbow barbarian well it'd be a mighty com- like mm-hmm. mighty composite so that way you get that strength bonus all right, so I'll just what I'm going to do is I'll just make a map real quick and put you all on it and then share it so that you can see the scale of what this would actually okay. look like. So I'll just get um, 
Yeah, from the barbarian standpoint, you remember the Scorpion King? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a he had a bow. He's sort of a barbarian, mm. and his bow was definitely a mighty composite longbow. That well, it's just like uh, like for raging. Like yeah. I don't think you can use spells. And I, like I think a bow attacks just like a sword for the purposes of how yeah. much time. But uh, I, I don't know. It's just one so of could those. he not reload his crossbow? Yeah, he couldn't reload the crossbow. <laughs> yeah. Which is why it would have to be a bow. Yeah. Or rapid reload. Rapid reload could yeah. do it. Yeah, a machine crossbow. I don't even know the rules for, for Berserkin and Pathfinder. I don't know if they're different. But I seem to remember, like, I think there were feats that allowed you to cast while raging yeah. for, like, druid type. or mm-hmm. well, Like yeah. I said, Pathfinder takes the, no, I have a bulletproof shield, but I have bulletproof shield piercing thing to the next level because mm-hmm. I was just looking at Fireball and they have augmented mythic fireballs which bypass fire resistance and fire immunity so it's like you know i'm sure that there is what you're saying right (laughs) yeah yeah like i figure like you know rohan's immune to lightning but if i electrocute him enough he'll be like my phone battery and he'll just pop all right so i'll share this map with you here and uh that'll i've got you and your rocks on this Mm. map so it'll give you a sense of the size of this yeah, that's a good old airship right there. So, and obviously, uh, you know, this is just the base airship. It, it actually has like, you know, things and people moving on it and it has what are clearly weapon emplacements on it, but this is just the basic. So that's what you see moving in toward um, Cradle from the south, Graham and Fenrith. And then also Graham and Fenrith roll a... Uh, perception for me in the tower. Plus two for the uh, goggles. Special goggles. Oh, I like that airship. It looks good. Yeah. Thanks. I made it myself. Nice. That's a lie. Oh. You know what it reminds me of is the uh, crystal airship at the beginning of Final Fantasy yeah. two. Mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Is there a Dark Knight on it? Uh, well... We'll see. So, um, also, Graham and Fenrith, as you were flying that way to check this thing out, you did spot down in the forest some some groups of uh, humans and constructs marching towards the village as well. So, so that's what you guys see. And then Rohan and Casimir, as you wheel back towards that village, you can see both your companions. And also, you can see that airship. And from your distance, you you don't get a good idea of the actual size, but it's obviously huge. And it's moving ahead of that storm bank. And uh, Rohan, based on your your knowledge of storms and weather, this is going to be something else, this storm coming in. And it's not going to reach the point of like uh, like hurricane or whatever. This is more just like it's going to rain, you know, raindrops the size of wagons and Mm-hmm. And lightning is going to strike everywhere twice, um, that sort of a storm. But that's what you all see. Okay. Yeah, I'll uh, sign to Casimir. We need to find shelter before that storm hits us. How long do we got? Oh, you know, like six hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, um, yeah, so what? What? Uh, where would you all go from here? I think the idea was to go back to the village, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Do a little back bit of cradle. Head to cradle. Make a plan. All right. 
So um, you go back to the village and you head towards the home of the heroes. And um, down in the village, things remain as you expected them. There's the people have moved towards the um, central part of the village and put up their barriers and barricades. And they've got, you know, everybody's armed and and they've got those large ballistas that they were working on to um, take care of aerial targets. And, uh, you know, people are moving about and they shout and whistle and they wave and cheer when they see that you all have returned. You can see the uh, unmistakable form of Nazus down there stomping around on his hooves with his magnificent axe and he's giving orders and people are jumping to follow. The thing that has changed is that when you reach your home and you look down in the yard, the walled in section, um, you see that there's like a, a mound now, a small mound of broken constructs and uh, clear signs of uh, ruts in the path that this is where carts have been bringing these constructs and dumping them because they don't have anywhere else to put them. Nothing else uh, seems to have changed. You have a wealth of adamantium now. But you come to a you know, a landing in the yard outside the um, barn and uh, Folwin's out there and he's Folwin. So he's like, the welcome back. Been set for you, sir. Welcome back, my lords. There's food is ready and I'll see to the rocks. Um, he's got like four people. Somehow he found or made uniforms for them to match his own. Hmm. And they have the insignia of the heroes. Um and uh, you don't recognize them, probably from the new groups that have showed up, but they work for him now, and so he starts giving them orders and stuff. So, so um, you know, he tells them, uh, we we practiced this, so the rocks um, will need to be taken care of, and I'll expect you all to see to that. And they're, like, looking at these rocks, and they're like... <laughs> terrified out of their minds but um luckily the um um uh gyre the most motherly of the of the rocks um she starts talking to him which freaks him out immediately <laughs> but she's like we're not going to hurt you and uh, we can be friends or whatever and so that's and then Folwin says there's uh meals are ready you'll need to recover your strength and he starts heading towards the home and uh He's just like always scrying on us or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and he says, you know, it's been quite exciting here. Uh, many attacks have come, but uh, we've managed to we've managed to hold them off. Um, up at the home on the porch outside the front door, you see Mudsway um, standing there, and he's sort of uh, leaning against the post there, waiting for you. And he's um, he looks a little worn. Mm. He looks a little tired, and he clearly has seen battles because he's got some bandages or whatever. But Folwin says that uh, Mudsway's helped him uh, repel some invaders who've uh, tried to sneak over the walls and attack the home. So, so he's there, and uh, uh, so that's pretty much all you see as he leads you towards the home and uh, where he says he has food prepared. So um, then he he reports to you that, you know, the attacks keep coming and uh, some people have uh, reported that they've sighted a massive airship 
out over the ocean, but he hasn't seen it himself. And people are starting to, he thinks that uh, somebody ought to tell people to stop reporting everything they think they see because it's scaring people and we don't need that right now. Um, But anyway, uh, that's pretty much all he says is he leads you back towards the home. So the um, now you know that you've got dragons breaking through the barrier to the west and uh, a large airship is coming from the south and then from the north and northeast you saw some bands of constructs and humans approaching on foot towards the village. Um, looking back before you head inside, looking out over the angry mountain, um, you see movement that catches your eye. The fog and the mist and the steam has parted and you can see to the peak where now there is a massive uh, walled city on that very peak. It seems like somehow you've been given an unnatural uh, vision to be able to see this from where you are. And so you're looking at it as if you were just, you know, a hundred feet away rather than all these miles. But this city has finally reached its proper place. Um, and so the machinery that drove it there has stopped and the mountain has generally stopped shaking. You can see on many parts of the snowy peaks now, lava is uh, pouring out from crevices or uh, holes on the side of the mountain. And it's running down and melting snow and ice as it does before it hardens and um, drops out of sight below. And uh, Casimir, you catch one glimpse of uh, Tarcellus floating uh, high in the air, far above that city before he disappears. And uh, Fenrith and Casimir, you both get this image in your mind of Corallon and Tarcellus um, joined together now working on that barrier. And uh, it seems to you, based on the strength you feel coming from those two deities, that um, no more dragons are likely to be pushing their way through. So um, that will be the end of this particular uh, branch, this particular season. And when we finally return to these heroes, they'll um, we'll be joining them as they uh, at least attempt to defend their home from utter annihilation by the evil uh, dragon forces from the West or the evil human forces from parts unknown. Hmm. So when we pick it back up again, we'll be excited to see everybody join us. Thanks for playing. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, Thanks, B. Man. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. So game session over. What do you guys think? I liked it. I had a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys feel like you're under? This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.